here this morning with a little bit unusual format, and I appreciate that. I want to mention one other item in your bulletin, uh, not in the insert, the black and white, but in your bulletin there is a picture of uh, the mortgage burning, I believe, of this building. I don't know what year that was, and I'm not sure uh, who put that picture in there, but um, it's... What's that? Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's so cool. Um, Suzanne said her dad, which those of you who've been around a while, you will recognize many of them. What I wanted to say was, I believe one of those is also here this morning. I believe Dick Hess is in this picture right in the middle there somewhere, but he's hiding behind somebody and it's hard to see. And it's a long time ago, but... I believe there's a set of glasses in there that's got Dick Hess's face in them. <laughs> and so uh, all of that's amazing to me as well. Thank you, Dick. Okay, we are in the book of James, and I understand that our time is short, and I'm not going to try to extend it into the second service. But I do want to read and make a few comments from the first chapter of the book of James last week. Um, we talked about this, this process that we go through that are, are called trials, are called tests, are called temptations at some, at some point. And the fact that, uh, that these things are severe and that these things cause us uh, an awful lot of frustration in our, in our lives. And we should hang in there because... There's a joyful side to them. They help us to become to, to, to really understand what faith is. And our faith uh, helps us to really understand what it means to finish something, to persevere. And we become mature. We grow. And so, uh, this is what he says there in verse 1 and 2, in verse 2, that we should consider it joy when we face it. doesn't mean that we need to be happy or we're supposed to be happy that... We had an auto accident or something like that. But rather that we look to understand the good things that will come from this severely testing situation. And so um, we, we try to look at that side and be optimistic and see what is the adventure in it that we can, that we can experience rather than just the painful side of it. And then he says in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by wind. And that man should not think he will receive anything from God. He's a double-minded man. He is unstable in all he does or in all his ways. And so uh, this, this situation evolves into the fact that we often, in trials... When in tests, in severe situations, in suffering, in adversity, in affliction. We don't know what to do. There's never, it seems like, a clean-cut, easy answer. And often we're faced with situations, not only just trials and tests, but even in normal, ordinary life. Do I, should I stay at this job, or should I take a different job? Or should I try to look for a different job? All of, all of the millions of choices that face us. Every day, we have to make decisions. And it's not, it's not always easy, and it's, it's not always clear to us at all 
what we should do. I don't, I don't have anything here, Greg. I'm not sure uh, what I need to do. This, <laughs> I don't know what I need to do. I'm going to stop and pray for wisdom. Uh, I don't know whether this is on. I'm not, I'm not reading back there. Ah, look at this. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. This issue of knowing what to do, this issue of, of wisdom, which of course is not smarts, it's not intelligence. Very smart people, very intelligent people with a high IQ can be just as, as dumb in practical wisdom as possibly they can be. And there's other times where people whose intelligence is maybe rather limited and they wouldn't pass an IQ uh, they, they wouldn't win any awards in that department. And yet, they're very, very wise in how they live their lives and how they relate to people in the way they're able to plan and make their plans come true. So this is not an issue of intelligence, this issue of wisdom. But it is a, a very first and foremost. Oh, I guess I didn't realize I'm just not on down here. That's my problem. Okay, I'm looking down here and I didn't understand. Um, but... I want to take James's words about uh, if you need wisdom, if you lack wisdom, if you don't have wisdom, ask God for it. I want to take that back to a verse in Proverbs chapter 4 where it says how important wisdom is to us. And of course, the whole book of Proverbs is a, 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 a lot of discussion about wisdom. But I want to just mention this one verse there in, in verse 4, in chapter 4, verse 7. Where he says, wisdom is supreme. I translated it a little differently. I translated it as the first thing is wisdom. The word in the Hebrew language is the same exact word as the very first word of the Bible. In the beginning, God created heavens and earth. Uh, Or you could translate it at the top of things. Or at the very first. First thing that happened. Primarily. God created the heavens and earth. It's, it's, it's the same word. And here he's saying, he's using that word about wisdom. And he says, at the, very, at the very least, the very first thing you want to get in life, if you want to live, you want to make a life for yourself, you want to have a family, you want to survive a lifetime of so many years, first thing you need to do, get wisdom. At the beginning, do what you can to enable yourself to get wisdom. And then it says, in verse 7, Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom, though it costs all you have. And if you had the NIV and you're reading that, you will also notice there's a footnote that says, or it could be translated a different way. And I want to explore both of those options. But here, the first one, in other words, this is the Hebrew wording is just a little bit unclear. It could, be, it, could, it could be bumped into several different directions. And so, this is the first one, and the way that it's chose to translate it with the New International Version. The first thing is wisdom. If it costs everything you have, get wisdom. Now, just using that as a springboard, it is a reminder to us that wisdom costs something. It's very possible that you will have to lay out a lot of your life 
or you had to give up other things in order to gain wisdom. And those things that you give up may be the cost. And I mentioned several here. One might be time. Many people go to school or they study, they do research. Why? Because they want to not only to get smart or educated about facts, but they want to learn how to live life and they want to see about the lessons that other people have lived or have made, have learned and the mistakes that other people have made. So they spend time. Now that time could be spent doing a lot of other things and that's the cost. People go to school. Sometimes for years, people spend in school. Schooling, getting degrees. They're seeking something that they're very interested or passionate about, but they're also paying a price for that. They could be out here working at a job. They could be out here traveling around the world and having a lot of fun, but they're not. Because they're seeking wisdom. And he's saying, understand that there will be a cost to becoming a wise person and it doesn't matter what it is, it's worth it for you to pay if you are achieving or attaining wisdom. Another thing that I mentioned here is popularity. You know, sometimes if you are being wise, you're going to lose some of your friends. Sometimes friends that might want to do foolish things and invite you to participate with them and you might have to say no. I, I can't or I won't do that with you or I won't be involved, I won't go there with you. And you may, it may cost you popularity. But in your attempt to be wise or to find wisdom, you may have to pay the price of friendship. You may have to pay the price of pride. And what I mean by that is, sometimes we all make mistakes. And so, those persons who are wise are able to learn from them. And to do that, it means often humbling yourself and asking yourself the question, where did I go wrong? How can I change it so I don't repeat that same mistake that I made? That's a mark of a wise person. They're willing to pay the price even of the personal pride of examining or changing or humbling themselves. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a wedding this week and one of the questions, this, uh, this wedding involved a lady who had been married before. And one of the questions I asked her when we were talking together prior to this wedding was, did you learn anything? From what the experience that you went through? Can you lay your finger on anything that went wrong? Do you, can, you, can, you, can you look back and say, here's something I know that can help me so that this time it won't go wrong like it went wrong there? In other words, did you humble yourself enough to learn anything? Have you gained any wisdom by this difficult experience that you have gone through as an individual? This is one way... To translate it, and I'm not trying to avoid James, I just wanted to bring up this idea from Proverbs to, to point out that here's a, a very impassioned statement. Whatever it costs you, in the beginning, get wisdom. The most important thing is to get wisdom. Even if it costs you everything else that you might else have had besides that, in the end, that's what will matter most of all. Now here's, here's, oh, I was going to say here's a different way to translate it. Uh, I don't know, do you, do you have something else for me, Greg? I, I'm just not doing too. It went backwards. That's interesting. Maybe we're, I need to stop and pray for wisdom here, I guess. What's that? 
Okay. Here's another way it could be translated. The same verse, same phrase. It could be translated after the first phrase, get wisdom. Whatever else you get, rather than whatever it costs you, it could, be, it could mean or be trying to say to us, whatever other kinds of things you get in your life, which is just a way of saying to me, that wisdom is more important than any other thing. Like, there's lots of things we can get in life. We, could, we can get uh, popular. We get popularity. We can get power. We can get wealth. We can get lots of things that are a lot of fun. But he's saying, you know, if it's translated this way, he's saying that whatever other things you might be able to accrue for yourself in life, Surround your, maybe you're able to, to create a life of ease for yourself. You don't have to work hard about anything. You just have all things set up and, to, and able to take care of for you. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But none of that replaces being a person whose life is on a track that's going to go where you want to go, end up where you want to end up. You know, I had a wedding, I had a wedding the other day, but I also had a funeral. And that family's asking a whole different set of questions than what direction are you going. They're asking, where did you end up? Where did this, what did this all amount to? Is it all like Solomon said? Is it all just a bunch of vanity and, 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 and the end doesn't go anywhere? Or is it like Paul said, who said, look, you can be sure it's not in vain because there's more to come. And, and the wise person is a person who's able to say, I may have many other things in my life, but I'm going to make sure, if possible, that I live a life where I pursue the, the understanding of the big questions of life, the basic components of life. That I understand things like keeping commitments are important. Responsibility, assuming responsibility for my own actions is just life. I understand these things and I, and I incorporate them all into the choices that I make. Now, if I can, if I can say, uh, if, if I can go back to James, he says, if you need wisdom, ask God. And when I was thinking of this, this is one of the things that just seemed to leap off the page at me. In our modern day world, we have so many sources of information and advice and, and, and opinions that it's very tempting for us to forget all about asking God what to do, how to proceed, what to think in a situation like that, like this. Um, and so we're tempted, by, by, we're tempted to be able to search hither and there and, and you know, ask Dr. Phil or whatever uh, sources are out there to try to figure out what to do. And we're asking, 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 and we're searching and researching and, and so forth. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. I'm simply reminding us, this is not what the Bible says to do. It says, if you need wisdom, ask God to give it to you. Ask Him. If you can't figure out how to do, how to proceed, if you can't figure out where something's at, if you can't figure out um, who to choose how, ask Him. This is what we're told. Not what we're tempted, what we're told. Ask God to give you wisdom. And, I'm going to just skip right down through here because of time. 
especially. Uh, well, let me, let me stop and say this. The implication of that is, if you can figure out, if, if, if you ask God for wisdom, what that, and what that means to me is what God says or shows you, the way God would look at life or the way things He would do, that is wisdom. In other words, if I can figure out... I, I, there was a... Uh, had a conversation with a lady last night. She's a personal aide. Uh, and she said... She, her, she works with clients who are handicapped. And she said, sometimes these handicapped clients take advantage of her. And they... And they, you know, get her to spend money on them or spend extra time with them or whatever. And she said, I know they take advantage of me and it's not, I don't really like it. But you know what? You know why I give in often to them? It's because I think, what if I was in their shoes? What if I was this person? Would I want someone actually having compassion on me and even, even going overboard for me? And I keep thinking of that. And as she's telling me this, I'm saying to myself, this is how Jesus said to live. Do to others, not what they do to you, but what you would like for them to do to you. And this is what this lady was saying. I know this is how I would like to be treated. So that's how I'm determined to treat these people. That's a person of wisdom. She's a person of wisdom. She's saying, I'm going to live my life in the manner that God would live out His life. This is how Jesus said to live life. Do to them as if you would wish they would do to you. It's, a, it, it's, it's understanding that there are perspectives and there are processes in living in which God, that this is how God would do it. And so therefore, this is what I choose to do. Often, in, it seems to me, in personal areas, it means the, the issue of discipline which helps to avoid hardship in a lot of ways that we bring on ourselves. Um, I'm going to keep moving here. And our relationships with other people, this is what tells us in Proverbs, that wisdom gives us the benefit of being able to treat people with justice and with fairness. And so what that comes back to us is that when we're looking back on our life, that we have a legacy of peace and peaceableness and and, and people, we have good relationships. We have lots of friends. This is a wise life. In, in our relationship with other people, we haven't taken advantage of others. We haven't been violent towards others. And so consequently, we can lie down and sleep and we have a lot of peace. Um, and when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Your sleep will be sweet. You understand what is right. These are all statements about wisdom. And I'm not going to take the time just because of our time here. But the bottom line, this is what the Bible says over and over in many different places. That amazingly... Nobody gets smart enough by reading the paper or watching the news. Amazingly, there is no channel you can surf on the internet to figure out everything you need to know because all that's there are mostly facts and figures and so forth. But wisdom doesn't come from that. You can have an IQ of a genius and not be wise at all. Your life can just be one stumble and bumble after another. The beginning part and the, the place to start with wisdom and uh, really the only way of, in, of, of increasing the wisdom of your life other than just experiencing life as you go through it is to have this humble attitude that says, 
God made the world so God's viewpoint and perspective is going to make the most sense. And I am going to honor him and I'm going to fear him. I'm going to respect him more than all other things. And that will do more to make you a wise person than anything else that you can imagine. And that's what the Bible tells us. This is really the foundation or the spring or the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord and it will affect every part of your life. Now, just to close, I come back to James where he says, you got to ask, but also you have to ask in faith. What does that mean? To ask in faith. And he says, don't ask in doubt, because if you ask in doubt, God is not going to give your heart wisdom. I want to say this. Faith is not just believing, oh, I'm sure God's up there somewhere. And doubt is not simply saying, oh, I'm not sure God's up there somewhere. That's an element of it, sure. But that's not what he's just talking He's not just talking about the, the intellectual... Uh, the, the intellectual certainty that God exists. That's, it's not just that. Faith means, in this context, to ask in faith means, Lord, if you show me what to do, I'll do it. I'm asking you with the anticipation of doing something. I am asking you to show me what to do because I am ready to do, and when you show me, I will, I will walk that direction. That's faith. And that's the kind of faith he's talking about. In contrast, doubt is when God sees in your... You, you can stand here in the church and say, Oh, Lord, show me what to do. And God knows in your heart you wouldn't do it if he showed it to you. And he's not going to show it to you. Because you don't have faith. And by that, I don't mean, again, intellectual assent to something. What I mean is, oh, I'd just like to know what my options are. Or just sort of a... I, I, I just am uh, asking you to help me sort all this out and to know who's my friend and who's my enemy. But if you, if you told me that the wise thing to do was to return to this relationship and make it work, for example, I'm not at all going to commit myself to doing that ahead of time. Then you're not really asking with the confidence that whatever God shows you to do is right and doable and you're going to do it. That's faith. That's the kind of faith that he's talking about here. That, that it's, it's, it's an anticipation. It's not simply an information question. But it's an anticipation that, that you are looking for. And if your attitude, if my attitude is not like that, then why would God even, what, what is the point of him actually leading and showing us what it is that we need to do? But this is, uh, this is what the Scripture tells us. When you're lacking, when you're, when you're just uh, clueless, this is when we should get on our knees. This is when we should go in our room and say, Lord, I've read, I've studied, I've looked, I don't know what to do. Now, I'm here asking for your wisdom. And I'm going to take action based on what you show me, what you lead me, what I feel and believe is the, the thoughts or the direction that you're putting in my mind. This is the direction that I'm going to go. So, so give me true wisdom because I'm going to act on this stuff. That is pleasing to the Lord. And that really is how and when, and when He gives to us His direction and His guidance and His wisdom. Could we stand together please? It's quarter till. I appreciate your patience.
And I'd like to simply close us with a moment of prayer. Father, I thank you for each person who could come here today. I thank you today for your Son, our Savior, and these symbols and these, this sacrament of His body and His blood. We all need this, and we all come here humbly because we fear the Lord. And we want to see your perspective and to understand your procedure We don't want to just run around in circles and spin our wheels. We don't want to have a million regrets in the day we die. We want to look back and say, you know, God not only showed me some amazing stuff, but I followed through with it. And He showed me how, and I worked it. And I had a very blessed and rewarding life. And more importantly, I am ready and prepared for the reward of the crown of life. So, this is our goal This is our need. This is why we are here this morning. To honor you. To seek your wisdom. Collectively as a church and in our votes. As well as personally in our own lives. We thank you that you love us. You would not have come down here and committed yourself to the cross and to the flesh and the blood. If your love for us was not too great to ignore the sin and the rebellion against you. We humbly praise your name for this and ask that you will go with us in our daily lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we pray.